Chapter Twenty Four of Arizona Nights by Stephen Edward White. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Dreams. Although the paper was a year old, Senior Johnson in due time received an answer from Kansas. A correspondence ensued. Senior Johnson enshrined above the big fireplace the photograph of a woman. Before this, he used to stand for hours at a time, slowly constructing in his mind what he had hitherto lacked an ideal of woman and of home. This ideal he used sometimes to express to himself and to the ironical Jed. It must sure be nice to have a little woman waiting for you when you come in off in the desert. Or, now a woman would have them windows just blooming with flowers and white curtains and such truck. Or, I bet that Sang would get a wiggle on him with his little old cleaning duds if he had a woman a hold of his jerk line. Slowly he reconstructed his life, the life of the ranch, in terms of this hypothesized feminine influence. Then matters came to an understanding. Senor Johnson had sent his own portrait. Estrella Sands wrote back that she adored big black beards, but she was afraid of him. He had such a fascinating bad eye. No woman could resist him. Senor Johnson at once took things for granted, sent on to Kansas a preposterous sum of expense money and a railroad ticket, and raided Goodrich's store at Willits, a hundred miles away, for all manner of gaudy carpets, silverware, fancy lamps, works of art, pianos, linen, and gimcracks for the adornment of the ranch house. Furthermore, he offered wages more than equal to a hundred miles of desert to a young Irish girl named Susie O'Toole to come out as housekeeper, decorator, boss of Sang and another Chinaman, and a companion to Mrs. Johnson when she should arrive. Furthermore, he laid off from the range work Brent Palmer, the most skillful man with horses, and set him to gentle in a beautiful little sorrel. A side saddle had arrived from El Paso. It was center fire, which is to say it had but a single horsehair cinch, broad, tasseled, very genteel in its suggestion of pleasure use only. Brent could be seen at all times of day, cantering here and there on the sorrel, a blanket tied around his waist to simulate the long riding skirt. He carried also a sulky and evil gleam in his eye, warning against undue levity. Jed Parker watched these various proceedings sardonically. Once, the baby-light innocence of blue in his eye, he inquired if he would be required to dress for dinner. If so, he went on, I'll have my man brush up my low-necked clothes. But Senior Johnson refused to be baited. Go on, Jed, said he. You know you ain't got clothes enough to dust a fiddle. The senior was happy these days. He showed it by an unwanted joviality of spirit, by a slight but evident unbending of his Spanish dignity. No longer did the splendor of the desert fill him with a vague yearning and uneasiness. He looked upon it confidently, noting its various phases with care, rejoicing in each new development of color and light, of form and illusion, storing them away in his memory so that the recurrence should find him prepared to recognize and explain them. For soon he would have someone by his side with whom to appreciate them, and that sharing he could see the reason for them, the reason for their strange, bittersweet effects on the human soul. One evening he leaned on the corral fence, looking toward the dragoons. The sun had set behind them. Gigantic they loomed against the western light. From their summits like an aureole radiated the splendor of the dust-moted air, this evening in a deep umber. A faint reflection of it fell across the desert, glorifying the reaches of its nothingness. "'I'll take her out on an evening like this,' quoth Senior Johnson to himself, "'and I'll make her keep her eyes on the ground till we get right up by running bare knob, and then I'll let her look up all to once, and she'll surely enjoy this life. I bet she never saw a steer roped in her life.' She could ride with me every day, out over the range, and I'll show her the bustin' and the brandin' and that band of antelope over by the tall windmill. I'll teach her to shoot, too, and we can make little pack trips off in the hills when she gets too hot. 
up there by deerskin meadows amongst the high peaks he mused turning over in his mind a new picture of his own life aims and pursuits as modified by the sympathetic and understanding companionship of a woman he pictured himself as he must seem to her in his different pursuits the picturesqueness pleased him the simple direct vanity of the man the wholesome vanity of a straightforward nature awakened a preen in its feathers before the idea of the mate the shadows fell over the chiricahuas flared the evening star the plain self-luminous with the weird lucence of the arid lands showed ghostly jed parker coming out from the lamp-lit adobe leaned his elbows on the rail in silent company with his chief he too looked abroad his mind's eye saw what his body's eye had always taught him were the insistent notes the alkali the cactus the sage the mesquite the lava the choking dust the blinding heat the burning thirst he sighed in the dim half-recollection of past days i wonder if she'll like the country he hazarded the senior johnson turned on him his steady eyes filled with the great glory of the desert like the country he marveled slowly of course why shouldn't she this is the end of chapter twenty four